This is Creating Utopia, the podcast, ideas to change the world, where we turn conversation into action. Thank you for joining. This episode is titled, The Alex Jones Ban. This episode is not about Alex Jones and his content, per se. It's about exploring the potential repercussions of his social networking ban that recently took place in August of 2018. It's fitting that this episode is on the heels of the intellectual dark web episode I did last week. This one's without planning because he just got banned and because I'm sure there will be a lot of chatter in the coming weeks from Rogan and Shapiro and Rubin and those in the mass media regarding this situation. But as always, the purpose here is to share a viewpoint or narrative that you won't hear anywhere else. The first issue is with free speech, and it comes in two parts. One being the narrative espoused that this is an infringement on Jones's free speech and the internet's free speech at large, and two being the precedent set for future, quote, bans of perhaps unpopular figures or maybe figures that counter YouTube or a certain political party, etc. Um, let's just hit this head on. Jones was and is free to say anything he wants, if he doesn't cause harm to anyone else. There have been lawsuits claiming he has caused harm. If he breaks the law and incites violence, that's up to the judiciary system to sort out and prosecute or not. That's a different ballgame. If we want to grant that Jones has not broken the law, which is debatable, the medium in which he shares his information is the second layer or barrier preventing him from just having the green light to do or say anything. They can prevent anyone from doing anything they don't want. On YouTube, this could have been a ban on cat videos. For no reason other than YouTube saying they don't want cat videos on their platform anymore. The beauty of online content sharing is that it has been a vessel through which you could say and do anything with no content scrubbers or censors. But the reality is that now that YouTube and Spotify and iTunes are large private businesses, their reputation is tied to the content it accepts, carries, and shares. Again, they have the ability to remove anything they want. They already remove sexual content. They don't even need a reason, though. They're a private company and can do what they please. I've heard Weinstein and Peterson already claim that because of the size and influence of each of these entities that banned him, and the coordination of such an action, we have a reason to be worried, as this is the new public square. The simple response that needs to be addressed is that, one, a private enterprise or multiple enterprises cannot, and more importantly should not, be relied on to maintain the position of even a virtual public square. And two, these entities are dynamic, constantly changing and evolving for the better or worse. There's no reason to expect or want them to stay around in the way that they are forever. And it's like in 10 years, when we have something similar to globalvids.com, will it matter that Jones was banned from YouTube? Short term, for sure, and individually it damages his personal standing, but, and this is a big caveat, you can't control what those who you rely on for success 
choose to do. You are at the whim of who you rely on, and situations can change that you can't control. Ten years ago, for example, Jaw Rule being banned from MySpace might have been what seemed like an earth-shattering decision. It didn't happen, but if it did, it would have been. Today, many people don't remember MySpace or Jaw Rule. Even individuals in the real world at a public park, if they're shouting about how the world is going to end tomorrow with a sandwich board wrapped around them, urging you to repent, well, we are allowed to ask that person to stop being disruptive. As a society, we have the ability to prevent an individual from making a shared space less hospitable or more hostile. This is a private space, however. We can arrest that person or physically remove them from a concert or a festival. This is no different. And decisions like this, if it is so appalling to the intellectual dark web members, as it seems they all agree it is, well, this decision will only lead to the market growing and moving in new, exciting directions. This creates an opportunity for a new space to be filled. There's an open space for something to emerge, and this decision shines a light. A policy made by a hierarchy that's grown too large and somewhat corrupt or at least antithetical to the founding narrative, and thus the ethics of being the online repository for all digital media content, is once again open to anyone. This is the free market at work, the, the good part of it, and this decision has repercussions that will impact many using these platforms, those considering joining in the future, and just creates the opportunity for the existing marketplace to shift. If anything, we should be encouraging new spaces to be created and explored, as opposed to complaining or lamenting about the directions the existing spaces decide to take. When we rely on large-scale corporation models, it's interesting because while Facebook and YouTube and Google, they're the internet's first billionaire corporation ruling class, they're now acting the way billionaire corporations kind of need to in order to remain successful on such a massive scale. They need to synthesize and trim the edges, remove dissent, and try to operate maximally, removing barriers to success. If there's a chance that Jones pushes more people away from YouTube than he brings in, then it's worth it for them to be an Alex Jones-free environment. End of story. And it's funny, because this is really the opposite of the ethic of the internet, in which everything is open and free to be shared. But so, MySpace fades, Yahoo, BlackBerry, so will Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. There will always be something new potentially coming that's better, that can replace what we have now if we recognize that is what we're striving for. That's what creating utopia is all about. Alex Jones will continue making his show. He may be limited financially by not getting as many viewers, or new viewers, as the masses don't have the same opportunity to stumble into his content as they once did. But if anything, for him personally, all this really does is make his narrative and his show more compelling. So it's a double-edged sword. He already plays the victim. Uh, he represents the far-right side where the Christians are at war with the Muslims and atheists and Jews, and the gun lovers are opposed by liberal socialists. 
his granule of truth that I mentioned last week, that the mass media is not really sharing the true or full story, or most compelling or important story, has led a lot of people to believe some incredibly bizarre things told to them by Alex Jones. Well, now these victims have another piece of the puzzle, another piece of ammunition to rally around. They're suppressing our speech. They're trying to silence Alex Jones, and therefore us, for speaking the truth. Big Brother is closing in on all of our freedoms. If anything, this gives them more reason to retreat within themselves, fueling the us-against-them mentality that Jones promotes. Do you think that one lifelong listener of Jones will miss a single new episode because of this ban? No. Is Jones going to stop doing his show? No. There are many, many other places that will only benefit because of this. The only problem I will accept is that now that it's okay to ban Jones, I guarantee he won't be the only one. So like a double-edged sword, it's like a two-sided coin, because on the one side, smaller, lesser-known media sharing sites will benefit. This is good for the internet and good for everyone. The more the merrier. Content creators should not be limited to a relative oligopoly in the hands of YouTube and iTunes. On the other side, the smaller, less-known content creators could have a much harder time or not even get the chance to be found because of preemptive bans based on the Jones precedent. YouTube is just being open and honest. They control what you can or can't say on their platform. That's fine, but it could hinder the success of many who, without the large platform like YouTube, will never be discovered and may never be heard. Again, I fully support YouTube's decision to ban, well, anyone for any reason. I think ultimately this is the free market at work operating in front of our eyes. The market, the people, have incentivized this business to take a certain action, and the repercussions incentivize those displaced or upset to choose another option, vote with their dollar, or attention in this case, and explore what else is out there. Who knows how good another platform could potentially be? It's interesting to me, because you can see the flaws in YouTube. There's more than one. The demonetization for certain creators, a flawed strike system, a, a comment section beyond repair, and yet, perhaps because it doesn't exist yet, I suppose, no one is excited for the next YouTube, the new video streaming site yet to be built. The bigger, better, faster, less expensive, better designed YouTube. Don't you know this is coming? I don't know what it will be called, or what it will do, how it will work, or how long it will take, but I'm excited for it, and this is a step toward the inevitable. This policy decision is one in a chain of events that will lead toward the replacement. Now to transition to the final segment, how to create utopia. I've been doing this a lot myself lately, and I have to admit for a positive action that you can easily take to improve the world in a small way and also your own life, you wouldn't necessarily think this, but if you try it, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are and what you find. I would call it exploring the digital landscape. There are platforms and organizations and groups that exist online partaking in some incredible projects that are really hard to find. Andrew Yang 2020, The Zeitgeist Movement, EarthVote. For this podcast, for example, there is Player.fm and Podtail.com, independent groups that found my podcast and share every episode. 
How cool is that? A digital web of like-minded individuals who come together to accomplish a goal, even if we don't really know what that goal is. The digital fingerprint expanding and rippling through different pages into people's consciousness, creating a vast sea of knowledge. By exploring these digital landscapes, we can support those trying to create a space or repository of information just by visiting their page and navigating through. You also expand your own horizons of what you even knew to exist. With that, you never know what you might find or learn or think of yourself, or what tool or app or website you could find that might improve your life. We create Utopia by seeing that, if anything, the internet is the public square, the internet. Not YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. They're kind of like festivals. YouTube is and was one of the coolest festivals you could visit online. It invited everyone to participate in whatever niche area of life they wanted to. But it's too big now, and there's too much money being made. The Hillary Clinton stage at the festival doesn't want to be next to the Alex Jones stage. Alex Jones' stage is bringing characters around that make the trans stage feel uncomfortable. Alex Jones and his followers will find or create a new festival. So will Stefan Molyneux when they come for him, and Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, and then Sam Harris, and who knows who else. I don't support Alex Jones, but I support his right to speak. I don't think YouTube made the best decision for themselves and for everyone, really, but I support their right to make it, whichever way they see fit. I also support whatever platform that picks Alex Jones up and support whatever wave of dislike that follows, because that's what freedom is. YouTube can ban or reject anyone. Any other entity can include and broadcast anyone. Freedom and fairness. It can be hard to adopt in every real-world situation, especially those on the margins. But freedom is the goal, and fairness tends to be one of, if not the best rule to play by, if you want anyone to win in any meaningful way. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Creating Utopia. If you found it interesting, please share it with a friend or on social media. Follow me on Twitter at creating underscore utopia and make sure to ask questions, comment. I'll make every effort to reply to everyone. Stay tuned for the next podcast on gun control. <laughs>